You're listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. My name is Jeremy. I'm Caleb. I'm Ryan. Yeah, I still don't have the outline for the Spirited Away um, cast written yet, and I don't have permission from Disney or Studio Ghibli or from whomever I need permission from. So we're going to do an interview-style cast uh, like our like our first, like Caleb and, and my first podcast the first episode to be quite honest i think sidewalk confessionals was conceived as uh, an interview style show and uh, this we're getting back to our roots most yeah most podcasts are i like the structure of the interview and i think what we have planned for today is going to be very interesting because it's something i think that touches each of us in a very close and particular way i think we're all we're all pretty passionate about music we're not musicians per se but we're all I mean, we we're really into it, and uh, yeah, all of us understand it on a. We can play. We can we sing. I guess. Well, before we talk about music, let's interview about music. Okay. That's how we're gonna control the talking today. So. Okay. So the first question is, um, for yeah, for Caleb, when did you first develop an interest in music? Like, what was a, what was like a defining moment or like a moment? that you realized that music was something that you were really interested or really passionate about? Well, I've had music around me for as long as I can remember. Uh, as a boy, I was played all different sorts of things, things on the radio. My parents had CDs of music from all different cultures. Um, I was played opera even from a very young age. And uh, opera was probably it, actually. Opera was probably the birth of the interest. That was maybe when I really took notice. That was probably the first genre which I said, what is this? And I was told. I've always had music around me. It was brought to me by my family. When I first developed an interest in it, because it was just, it was natural. It was inevitable to happen because it was around me. And I loved opera. I thought that the voices were profound. I thought that it was incredible, and I just thought it was so beautiful, and I wanted to sing opera. I was a little boy, and I would go around doing my own sort of screamy opery impressions. I can see that. I can too. It was uh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and um, ever since that, I think I've just been captured by the musical spirit of all kinds. I love everything, and I, everything in life to me contains music. All right. That's a good one. Damn, I can't fall, okay. You're right, like you can't talk that. <laughs> what the fuck am I, okay, I listen to it a lot, that's. I mean, but like, when did you first, when did it first strike you as like the sort of thing that, that you knew you were interested in, because you've tried playing i mean you've got like gotten interested in a lot of instruments and like you're more interested in music than most people are yeah um i don't know well like one of my first memories ever is um just like driving in the car it was probably like a van or something um with mom and me and aaron we'd always go down to the jelly bean store Oh, yeah. By Pismo. Uh, Pismo Beach. By yeah. Pismo Beach. So we go to Pismo Beach all the time and just, like, walk around on the beach. And, um, I don't know, like, driving on the way there and to the stores and stuff, I remember listening to Sunday Morning. 
by Maroon 5. Oh, yeah. And I remember hearing that because, you know, it's kind of jazzy, I guess, and, you know, light and, really and fun. It's a good vibe. So that just, like, I don't know, that got me into it for sure. Like that song. Huh. That one song probably just, like, yeah. got it started. That's a good one. I think... I think my I think I think I'm about the same. Uh, yeah, just driving in that old. <laughs> Either that or Hey Ya by Outcast. Oh yeah. Bro. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I think my first. I don't know. I'm like Ryan. I developed a, an interest in it like really, really young, like elementary school, doing like the, yeah. the little Christmas plays or whatever. You, you used to. You went to a charter school, so you. Um, yeah, we you put on those performances. A Christmas play, yeah. Yeah. And you were singing Noel or something like that. Yeah, one of those. No snow. Was, it was no, no snow. snow. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, but but also it was Maroon Five. Listening to Maroon Five in the car in that. That's just a good vibe, man. You want to get your kid into music, play some jazz. Play some older, like, Maroon 5, some vibey, jazzy jazzy stuff. We used to, you know what? Papa always listened to jazz in the car, though. Yeah. Always on the radio. Yeah. There was a jazz radio. He'd always put it on. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's when my interest developed. Like, maybe five or six years old. Yeah. Something like that. Just listening to Maroon 5, driving around in the car. And definitely driving those like trips to San Luis Obispo and uh, and Pismo Beach. For sure. Definitely played a significant role in that. Because, I mean, everything was just a positive vibe. Because California is just bright and sunny and there's no clouds. And when it rains, there's still sun out. Yeah. So, well, where we lived, because we lived in Santa Maria, it's right by the beach, SoCal, pretty close to the beach. Yeah. Everything's just about an hour from San Francisco. Like a a positive vibe and there's always music around in California, I guess. Yeah. So that might have been it. Yeah. Just the whole the entire environment takes it plays a part, so Yeah. The environment we grew up in. Yeah. Just as we shape it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When was your first step into experimenting with music? And how tell us how that happened. Well, I wouldn't say I ever, like, I don't really, I don't know about, like, instruments, because I don't think I really ever started that until recently, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, but I do remember always wanting to play an instrument because Papa had that old violin, my great-grandfather's violin. He brought it with him from Mexico. And he brought a ton of, like, uh, he had a ton of um, classical music uh, teaching books so he could learn to play. And I remember Papa telling me, like, oh, uh, he used to try practice, like, every day, and he sounded terrible, but he always practiced every day. And that, and then I just, I remember that, and I saw the case, and I just opened it up one day, and I, I looked at it, and I was like, I need to play something. But I never did it. I never acted on it because I, I thought it wouldn't work or whatever, but, like... I remember one time dad brought it out of the case and tried to play it too. And I was like, I should, if he's that bad, I might as well like give it a go. Give it a go yeah. I don't know. All right. Uh, my first experimentation with music. Oh my God. It, it had to be singing, singing in like little school plays and stuff like that. First times, like actually trying to make, unique music or anything like that is 
I wanted to, um, in high school, I wanted to learn how to use like a FL Studio or Ableton Live or something and remix songs, um, which is really hard and I still don't know how to do it, regrettably. But yeah, that's like the first experimenting with music I did, like looking at, you know, like the waveforms of music in a, in a DAW and actually seeing how music works. Uh, I learned a little bit, like I kind of had like friends and stuff teach me a little bit of music theory and stuff like that. Uh, and I would just like play around in my head or like in private with like uh, FL Studio and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it just, it just kind of happened naturally. Cause I mean, I have a group of friends that's really into music, especially uh, our friend Tion. Yeah. Tion used to mess with, um, with FL Studio all the time so he and i would just kind of sit in his room for hours at a time just like and we'd we'd sit in there for hours and we'd get like maybe one like baseline or one flanger kind of thing going or something like that but you know we kind of felt like it was we were taking a step toward writing or remixing a song or something like that yeah well um i'm with jeremy that my first experiment was with the voice singing. Um, I feel I feel like that's really the first instrument for all humans. It's how it started. Must have started out singing, using your own voice to play music. That's original. Um, it had to be the opera for me. I would. My first experiment was um, trying to imitate these great singers that I heard, trying to imitate their voices and what they were doing with them. But I wouldn't say that was really my own. That was more just like. That was imitation, you know? Uh, later on, my father, he played the guitar and he played the piano. The guitar was too much for me. I couldn't handle the strings. But the piano, he would let me sit next to him sometimes and, you know, press my fingers on the keys. That was also, that was more like babbling, you know? Um, I was put into music lessons. The piano was my first instrument, if I'm not talking about singing. I was put into music lessons at the age of eight uh, with a woman called... Mrs. Fowl, uh, Mrs. Fowl, that's what it was. And not to be confused with Fowl. <laughs> um, yeah, music teachers is a good example. And Whichever music teacher you have. She was teaching me piano. So, you know, I started out like all piano students do. You learn your scales, uh, you, you know, you play around in your books, you know, yeah. you're 12 minutes a day or something like that. But my first experience really experimenting with my own music, I think I was maybe around 10 years old, and I wrote a short uh, piano composition. It was just something small and like G major. There were only two voices, a um, little bit of treble, a little bit of bass. I can't even remember what it was now, but I had it written down. Um, I had written, transcribed the notes. At that age, I was able to read music, so I was able to write it too. I wish I could remember how. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, it's, I'm, a, I'm a bit slower now. I was able to kind of like take them bit by bit and just go like, uh-huh, at the time. I had my own little thing, and then I, brought, I practiced it on my own at home, and then I brought it into Mrs. Fowl and played it for her. Um, it's my first composition in my first performance <laughs> of something that I did. So that's how that happened. Huh. All right. 
Yeah, something should be said about like the music teachers you have though. Yes. In school. Yeah. Teachers are important. Because oh, yeah. the music teacher I had in elementary school was amazing. I think you and I might have had the same elementary music teacher yeah, well, we, when we moved to North yeah. Carolina. She was excellent. Yeah, she was amazing. She um, she played the violin too, so I guess the violin has always kind of just been around me. Like I've always been thinking about it. But yeah, she played the violin. She um, she would always bring an instrument in. That was the thing. She would always bring something in to play for us. She, she would always... Play like 10 instruments. She could play the piano very well, the violin very well, the guitar very well. She could sing very well. Um, so she was really musical, and that kind of is inspiring, you know, to grow up around. Do you remember her name? I don't no, I really wish I did. But yeah, she, um, I don't know, she just always did like these musical activities. We'd always be doing something with notes or like, and then she brought in the recorder towards like, I think towards like the third or fourth grade, you learn recorder or maybe second. Yeah, somewhere around there. Second to fourth grade. <laughs> the most annoying instrument on the planet. Learn recorder. But also... Super important to learn how yeah, to just and make she music was, with something. Like the way she taught it was really good. You know, she was she was always like inspiring people to to learn music. The kids, so yeah. that is definitely like a, a reason to get into music. Like whoever you're brought up around, inspiring you to get into music, or whoever is in music in your life that inspires you to get into music. Yeah. So yeah, just have like musical people around you. Yeah. Yeah, that's always nice. That's always helpful. And I like I said my friend group is Yeah, you're always into like you were always into musical stuff and yeah, yeah. Like plays musicals, all that kind of stuff. Very showy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good one. If you played your instrument well enough, would you join/form a band or music group or would you be solo? I don't know, actually. I think I would probably start out working solo, just uh, vocals and then all the instrumentation and backtrack and all of that uh, made synthetically, like in a DAW. Maybe like actually place notes with a keyboard just to help because it's easier than using the keyboard on your computer. But I think a lot of it would just be, uh, would be like electronic and then vocal stuff, just like write lyrics and things like that. Although... Being part of a music group, maybe not a band that would play like live shows or anything like that, but being part of a music group, I think would be really fun just to... Because you can do whatever. Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't know how to play any instruments like at all. Yeah. A band is more restricting than a music group. Right. So you like, you have to be on top of your game, especially if you're playing a show or something like that. You have to know what you're doing. I think a music group would be just a little bit more lenient. Yeah. Bands are like you have a theme and you're trying to impress people based on the theme you have whereas a music group is literally just like the whole idea behind it is to explore music yeah, yeah right, it's just exactly. a, a company of musical explorers yeah. uh, experimenting with each other and recording it to share with others yeah it may not even have live performances although some probably some do. do yeah some do but more intimate maybe yeah, probably like smaller venues, a little bit more intimate. Yeah, I would be totally into that sort of thing. Yeah, being part of a music group, that'd be, that'd be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, for me, I've got to say that I would probably, the solo work is what I would be most into. That's, that's what I feel drawn to now. Um, I'd say at my core, I'm kind of like a, an orchestrator. So I really want to create these these big pieces um 
and I want to I want to put all the pieces together and all the puzzles and then get all my people together and have them play it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can only play one instrument. That's the piano. And I don't feel that I am polished enough to really do live performances. So I agree. Yeah. Live performances are just like the 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 prospect yeah. of that is terrifying. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a concert pianist. I'm a composer. I come up with things in my mind, and then I attempt to remember that long enough to reproduce it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then anything that I can get down, and then I can save it. Oof. Then I can string all those pieces together and write my story. Then, of course, you need people to act it out, to play it out, to perform it, and do recordings that way. So I agree that I'm kind of like a solo artist, but I need. I would like to do my work in a group because I'm going to need other people to help me play the pieces that I'm going to compose. Yeah. All right. People, you know, are 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 good solo are the people who like can really play their instrument. So, and it helps if you know how to play piano if you're a solo artist because that can help you get out the melodies and then you can translate it into another instrument or in, into something in in FL or whatever you want to do. So I feel like since I'm not good at piano or anything where I can get out the song before I translate it into what I really want it to be, I would have to be part of a group so they can help me along that along that journey, like trying to find what the sound is for a song, because I wouldn't be able to do that just by myself. So definitely a music group for me. So this question kind of this question kind of goes into uh, the last one is. Uh... What kind of music would you make? Like what what genre, what style, what kind of feel would it have? Uh, mine would be all over the place. For me, all of my music is really tied to feeling. And I think life has a lot of feelings in it. And I am not just talking about one thing. I'm painting a lot of pictures. Uh, I'm trying to put a lot of different things together. Um, Consequently, I would say that I would probably just be doing something, I don't know if it would fit directly into any style today. There would probably be different pieces that were more close to this style and different pieces that were more close to another. I want to do some sort of orchestral, classical-inspired music um, and sort of do long symphonic pieces but at the same time I want to do like short modern sort of like electro hip hop songs with modern beats jazzy rhythms funky lines I want to get all that in there um, and then sometimes I just want to write like you know soft piano music yeah some sad yeah sad songs god I love a sad song love songs <laughs> I think love is probably a big theme in a lot of my music because to me music is uh, an expression of passion um, an expression of life and I feel like love's music yeah music has the to be central personal. that ties that all together right it's gotta be personal it's gotta have emotional it's, it's gotta have some duende yes yeah I feel like if I did I would have a I would have a focus for sure but like if I was making music, um, I don't know what the focus would be though, because I would probably base it mostly on Twenty One Pilots style, 
that sort of thing. But oh, okay. even then, their style isn't really specific either. You know, like it goes all over the place. So more towards like, I guess, rock, but that's only because I'm mostly towards the string end of the instruments spectrum, you know, like guitars, ukuleles. A little bit of violin. A little bit of violin. Um, if I had a banjo, I'd play it. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Like that sort of stuff. Like, you know, riffs. I would focus on riffs on the guitar, you know. So definitely rock just so I can get towards the riff. Yeah. Yeah, because like, I mean, if I was making music, I feel like most of it would be just all this extra stuff as a build up towards the main part of the song, whatever I want, whatever the message is or whatever the purpose is, just everything would be kind of basic trying to work towards that point. Make it simple. I would start simple for sure, but maybe as I like it got more experience, I could you know dive into some crazier genres. Yeah. But I would start. I would start small for sure. Baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. Yeah, I think. I think at the beginning, it'd probably be about like that. It, just baby steps, simple stuff, maybe a little bit of vocals, a little bit of uh, electronic, like backtrack or whatever here and there. Yeah. The style of music that I really like that I'm. I've been influenced by is that like that like older Maroon 5 kind of jazzy vibey stuff and I really like that I would really love to yeah to get those get those kind of riffs in there to get that definitely get that piano in there get that like funk bass in there um and those nice those like nice smooth trilly vocals and all of that sort of stuff but I also I mean I don't know. My music tastes are a little bit everywhere. I'd kind of want to work like a little bit of the, the hip hop meter in there and like the, not necessarily like a trap beat, but I, maybe like a, like a trap kind of a uh, baseline or a jazzy baseline. I don't know. It just kind of be all over the place. Yeah. Like kind of like a, like a, like a hippocampus Tash Sultana vibey sort of thing. Oh, yeah, These are all good right musicians. That's I mean. Yeah, that's If you guys haven't heard them, get out there and listen to them now. Oh my god. Hippocampus, Tash Sultana, 21 Pilots, fucking uh, Maroon 5. Maroon 5. Elephant. Cage the Elephant. There we go. Uh, What's that? Just really fundamental course. If you want to be like a main, if you want to listen to mainstream music, at least try to diverge a little bit from the mainstream. So towards the Twenty One Pilots, towards like Cage the Elephant, towards the alternative. Yeah, alternative that stuff. I feel like music in the U.S. is just moving in that direction right now. Yeah, like that stuff's that stuff's like. It's really popular. It's it might be we think that because that's the stuff we're listening to right that's now. That's what but we were raised on, honestly. Like yeah. Paramore and shit like that. Oh, Paramore. Yeah. So like pump or pump pop punk, uh, alt rock, like that sort of. That's what I was raised on. Like fucking hard rock, like Three Days Grace and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of transitioned to this just in the last little bit, but as always, these segue into each other. As the first. Uh, goes to you ryan what types of music do you like to listen to oh okay well just everything i guess um it's more towards the alt rock spectrum i guess though um but that's i've stuck with the same artists that i've listened to uh growing up 
So Maroon 5, I still stick with that. I don't listen to their new stuff. I stick with the old stuff because they really changed their sound and it's not good anymore. But they're <laughs> objectively old. Objectively speaking. Objectively, it's, it's bad. But the new or the old stuff is just like amazing. It's, it's soulful and like good for you. And Cage the Elephant, stuck with them. I listen to them. Probably, what's that first song that everyone heard? Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. Like that, you know, Paramore. Um, but I like, I've liked Paramore dis, despite any of the changes they've made to their sound. Like everything they've made is pretty much good. Especially their new album. It's a lot different from their first album, which is... Way different. Their first album was really good. Um, what was their second album? Their second album is... Uh, not Riot. Someone after riot. It's a uh, brand. All we know is falling. Yeah. Brand new eyes and and um the their first one, are two of their best albums. Riot. Riot's their first. Yeah, riot. Riot starts with for a pessimist. I'm pretty optimistic. Like I'm pretty sure that's the first song. That song is amazing. Like I that I listen to that like, every other day. I feel like so. And then new stuff. I guess um Sia's new shit. LSD. That's some good. That's shit. amazing. Um, Twenty One Pilots is always changing their sound, so I always I'm sticking with them still. Obviously, I don't know Hippocampus, so I'm getting more into indie music. I guess that's what I listen to now more. Welcome to the dark side. Yeah, yeah, I know you brought me over. <laughs> yeah, I still yeah, I still stick with my rock music though. Yeah, I mean that's good. That's good stuff. Oh. um... Rock is a classic. Pop, hip hop. I've been getting more and more into hip hop, so I started, you know, Post Malone. I know a lot of people hate Post Malone. They don't think he's like a serious artist, but his his music still sounds good, even if it's not serious. Yeah. So I, I will I will give him that. I'm not a Post fan, but I will give him that. Yeah. There's certain music where you go into it knowing that you're listening to it for the the message and the meaning, and there's other music you know it's not even about that. Like there's a song from his from his uh, second album, Beer Bongs and Bentleys, called '92 Explorer. It's literally just talking about his car and like drugs and 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 stunting on everyone because he has money. Like that's not serious. There's no deep lyrics in that. It it sounds amazing though. It's a bop. So I listen to that for the sound not for the lyrics so like I just listen to everything depending on how it sounds if it sounds good I listen to it that's it I mean I definitely I I come from Ryan and I are from that like if it sounds good listen to it kinda but like that like old old Maroon 5 kind of stuff that rocky soulful really buttery juicy nut goodness Um, good chords yeah some good chords that's really the stuff that I like to listen to still. Uh, some old, give me some like old Maroon Five, like maybe Paramore's first album, mm-hmm. and then some just like Hippocampus the, stuff. The Cage reason, the Elephant. The reason I like Paramore's new album, sorry, is it's an '80s vibe, but it's not '80s music, and I don't like '80s music very much. But I like the vibe that it has. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the message. I don't like this. I don't like. <laughs> It's so like the it's so materialistic. I just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you ever listening to like a good, a good piece of music, a good song, or anything like that? And you're like, this sounds 
incredible. The sound, the vibe the is wonderful. Sound, yeah. But then you listen to like the words or the, the the things that they are saying and the message that they're communicating, yeah. and it's like, nope, I don't agree with that, not one bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not even. I'm like, you're an amazing singer. It's you're wrong. Like... <laughs> I guess I don't like the '80s culture, like the the. What's it called? The, the materialistic. The vernacular, the '80s yeah. vernacular. I don't like. I don't like the way they the spoke. Well, so, yeah. And Paramore, it's Paramore's new album still has their sound, along with all the '80s tropical vibes that they brought. It's like they they listened to, to Passion Fruit and like Drake, and the '80s music, and they brought it all together. It's like kind of Caribbean, kind of '80s, very glam, very nice. And then even in that album there's still some like deep you know just very uh sad songs like 26 on that album it's not necessarily 80s but it's very good um forgiveness that's very 80s and it sounds amazing i don't know just that's the only like 80s ish music that i even like actually and it might just because it's paramore but Haley's voice is just amazing. Haley's it's voice. it's really she has a really powerful voice. She can I mean it's so clear and dynamic and fluid and it cuts through all the noise that's going on in the rest of the song. Especially cuz her new music is like really electronic and like there's a lot it's more going noisy. on. It's very yeah. noisy and you can still her voice just cuts through all of it and it's very beautiful. So like I completely cut you off. No, that's fine. It's fine. I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit, but no, it's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like this is it's, it's trying to describe your taste in music. I think if you're you're a person who's uh, really into music, like you understand music, you really listen to it uh, and kind of like feel it and vibe with anything. It's like asking you what you eat. Yeah. Like what's your favorite food is yeah, or something like like food? like I I don't know. I cook. I'm passionate about food. You can't just ask me that yeah. question. I'm, I'm not 11 years old. It's not always uh not. chicken tenders and mac and cheese. Right. Exactly. I'm eating everything on the menu. Yeah. And just a, like a, I mean a little bit of everything. There's some there's... I'm an auditory omnivore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. That's the quote. There we go. Got the quote. Um yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm an auditory omnivore. I think all three of us are really. Yeah, I'm absolutely in accord with that. If I have to give my answer to the to this question, it's not too different from you guys. I listen to a little bit of everything. If it sounds good, I listen. I like it. I go with what I feel, and at the same time, too, anything that comes on or I hear, I am always looking for what I connect to in it. So I tend to enjoy most things, even if the sound is really different for me. Uh, that being said, I'm going to, maybe I should leave that for question seven, because I was gonna maybe like go through like my top five current playlists or something like that. Oh yeah. That, well, Just so you can get a taste for how taste. diverse it really is. Yeah, because that's what you're listening to now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I'm all over the map. I'm a world traveler. I'm an explorer. I'm an adventurer. I dine everywhere. Okay. Is there one or two particular artists whom you really like or are influential slash inspiring? One or two. If it is, it's really hard to pick. Just like I said, I mean, it's like, it's hard to pick my favorite meal or something like that. But one or two, if I really had to pick, um, 
definitely, definitely M5. Mm-hmm. I will always be vibing out to some M5. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't get enough, man. Yeah. Some good shit. It's always going to be good shit. Uh and this one's actually, we haven't really talked about this, touched on this genre of music at all, but uh, Eric Church. Eric Church. Mm. Creeping. Huh? Creeping. Yeah. Some Eric Church, yeah. some uh, some Room 5. I think if I had to if I had to pick two, that's great. I love that that um, that funky kind of sound that, uh, that Maroon 5 brings, that really smooth, that like, Sunday morning rain is falling kind of thing. But I also and love that. the piano that. in that. Yeah, but I also love that, that, um, that country, that like hollow body twang and the little mando in the background and all of that. Just, I love it. Well, this this particular question, again, it's hard to choose an artist who I really like because there's tons of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if I really have to go for who are my big influences, who's been the most inspiring, whose praises are I singing? <sighs> the Great Teacher. I feel that every song that I listen to is a teacher. I learn from it. All things. The great teacher is Bach. A lot of people these days have forgotten about the classics. That's true. Go to your place of work. Go out to the street and be like, uh, you know, uh, yo guys, how about um, Sonata number 13 on G strings. Ina Kalina knocked music. No one no one knows what you're talking about. Even even though something really popular which everyone has heard, Ode to Joy. That's Beethoven. Everyone has heard Ode to Joy. No one knows what it is. No. But once you play it, you know it though. Yeah, but I'm not just talking about musicians. I'm talking about the people. You like recognize Ode to Joy, but no one knows it's called Ode to Joy or who it's by. Yeah. It is by Beethoven, by the way. Thank you. And he he drew he drew the lyrics from a German poet. He the music was one hundred percent from his brilliant genius imagination, divinely inspired. To be quite honest with you, Um, (laughs) utterly joyous. And but he he had help with the lyrics from uh, I can't remember the name of the poet, Franz something. Anyway, I won't. I'll give you guys a non-cop-out answer since obviously everyone knows the classical greats, even if they don't listen to them. Yeah. Everyone at least will be like, "Yeah, I've heard of that guy Beethoven." I yeah, that's what can't I'm saying. think of anything that he's doing. Or I've heard that guy Bach. Everyone, that music. Yeah, Bach. Bach was the father. He's the founding father of music. Not that's not true at all. But that's when that. that's when music started becoming. Music. That's when music yeah. started becoming part of the culture. Well, everyone's culture. I wanna. Okay, so Bach is Western culture. Bach is really like that founding. He's the the big name and the Baroque, and everyone else kind of draws a little bit from him because he's utter genius. Western music. Um, I want to talk about one more artist from the Baroque, and then I'll pick up someone from the modern times, because I want to be fair. Uh, This is an obscure artist from the Baroque, who I found really inspiring, would be Rodrigo Martinez. He was a Spanish virtuoso or some such thing, composer, mm-hmm. uh, late 1400s. Uh, particular oh, piece, so which I'm... Early. Yeah, Baroque. Oh. Not necessarily classical. Classical sort yeah, of so sprung goes, from Baroque. It goes Baroque and then... Classical, romantic. Um, it continues on with that. Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple different. Um, but he was... Oh, 
uh, his uh, my favorite piece of his is Folia. He actually wasn't the first person I listened to. I also listened to Archangelo Corelli's. That used to be my absolute favorite, and it's still amazing. I would say that Rodrigo's Martinez, Rodrigo Martinez's version is. Uh, I, I vibe with it more this day, and I take draw more inspiration from it because it has more life and more rhythm in it. Um, I feel that his use of the interlocking voices, uh, all the various different musical elements down to the the castanets is just it's profound it's wonderful i love the rhythm i love how it goes it's a huge inspiration every song that i make or anything that i feel i am i aspire to have a similar level of you know what's going on in la folia um or just folia for him let's come to the modern day i mean like here let's rephrase it a little bit if you were to make if you were to like make music that's heavily influenced by one or two people, mm-hmm. who would it be? Who's the first ones that come to your mind? I already said them. <laughs> um, yeah, my music is just too all over the place. My music. But these artists, what they're doing with their music is really inspiring to me. That's why I have to put their names out there. It's not just what I like or who I'm listening to, it, but on a level it's who I'm sounding like because I'm trying to reach a certain level that I feel that they reached or touch a certain place. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're singing about the same things. Right. Mm. I guess a correct answer to this question could be no. There's not one or two... <gasps> Wow, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, can that be my answer? Like, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, yeah, actually, Cage the Elephant, um, the, uh, the the way they got their name was from this guy. Um, they were they were still a, they were a band like they were forming when they were very first mm-hmm. forming. Um, they I guess they were doing a show or. It might have been in an airport. I don't know. It was somewhere. They were they were doing a show and they finished up or whatever. And this guy, this like drunk homeless guy, all fucked up or whatever. He was like walking around aimlessly and he was mumbling, "You gotta cage the elephant. You gotta cage the elephant." And like the the the, the, the lead singer, <laughs> Brad Schultz, the lead singer, he he just got so much inspiration from that, and that's he named the band after it. That's that great. that one thing. That. Yeah, and he has another song in his uh, in the last album called True, or How Are You True, and um, that was based off of this conversation he had with this kid. The 16-year-old kid trying to make it in the music industry, just barely uh, starting. He was addicted to drugs. He basically, his name was True. He told him his whole life story on the plane because they sat next to each other. And uh, it just inspired him because it reminded him of, like, how he started off. And it made him start thinking about, you know, how hard it was for him to get going. So he made a song asking him, like, how are you now that it's been a, a while? So he made an entire song off of this conversation he had with someone in an airplane. Huh. Yeah. So anything can inspire you. It doesn't have to be music. So this is the last question. Uh, I think it's... Hopefully this one will be a little bit simpler. It's, it's a fairly simple question, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anyone you're currently obsessed with? Yes. I can name one particular artist who I'd have to say that I am currently 
obsessed with. There's a lot of people in my playlist, obviously, a lot of greats, you know. Um, but who's the one I'm saying that I am obsessed with? I keep coming back to this artist, even when it might not seem appropriate for the situation to someone else. Rebecca Sugar. Have you heard her work? Uh-huh. Well, you may not have heard her work because... Hell no. So write down the other thing. Sorry, sorry, night. Mm-hmm. CCA? Uh, yes, R-E-B-E-C-C-A, Sugar, S-U-G-R-A. S-U-G-A-R. Sugra? Sugra. <laughs> no, folks, sorry. Um, but uh, she's soulful. She's sweet. She's an animator. She is the uh, producer and lead writer and just the the artist who, who had the vision for Steven Universe. She runs the show. Oh. She's the showrunner for Steven Universe. She created that. That show's got some... That show is incredible, and I I love it in every single way. Right now, we're just going to talk about the music, most of which is written by uh, uh, Rebecca Sugar and then is brought to life by the the cast who sings it. Some of them are really incredible singers. Even the ones who don't have natural voices play their roles so well that it just works, and it's wonderful. And so in character she you, she's helped by the modern performers slash composers. I believe they're, I think it's a two-person band. They're called Avi and Surashu. Sorry if I'm wrong there, folks, but you'll go and find them. The, the people who, Rebecca comes up with like the song, and she'll string it out on chords, and then they'll take that and they'll develop the music from it. Or they'll develop like the piece, the composition piece, and add all the extra bits. Um, incredible stuff. Literally all of it I could just go on for days for. Wonderful lyrics. Also, songs in which the themes and the words spoken, I, I feel like I agree with every word. Mm. I, every word that is sung in these songs, I feel like I connect with and I don't reject any of its message. And it's a lot of love. <laughs> um, yeah. She's got a great singer on her cast, the popular Estelle, uh, oh. British pop artist. Yeah. Stell's amazing. Yeah, she's uh, she plays Garnet on Steven Universe, possibly one of the most inspiring characters to me. You know, um, the living embodiment of relationships, uh, a leading queer figure, um, and just an all-around badass. Garnet's amazing, and so is Estelle, who voices her. Um, Garnet has a lot of great songs. Uh, Stronger Than You, wonderful song. Um, Steven Universe, like a movie. And then... Um, Steven, it's a, it's, a, it's, like, it's a show. It has a, a storyline. It, it, has a, it has a actually a very strong storyline. It's one of those that it starts off kind of like Adventure Time, and you, see, and you think that it's kind of random, and it's just like following this boy on his wacky adventures, his wacky, fantastic, magical adventures, and you think that the story isn't that strong. Then over time, the story arcs and all the little webs come together, come together and it creates this beautiful, complex, and really, we are now in the heart of the action. The story doesn't divert much. We are following a certain story right now. Um, anyway, uh, I really want to talk about her song, Here Comes a Thought, mm. sung by Estelle, written by Rebecca Sugar. That's a wonderful song. Um, I know we've talked on Sidewalk Confessionals before about 
mental illness and then suffering from anxiety, that was a big one. And here comes a thought is basically the answer to anxiety and it's just like good life advice. It's really mellow. It's, you have to get out and listen to it, but it's all about confronting these thoughts that enter you and that you live with and sort of like living in peace with them and not letting yourself get too drawn in, just letting them, in the song and the video, they're represented by butterflies. Some people have just one butterfly that they get so focused on and it just wraps them up in everything. And then other people are bombarded with like a swarm of butterflies. And uh, we all have these little butterflies, the thoughts, the things that float and fly through our head. And the song is all about just approaching these fundamentally with flexibility, love, and trust. Uh, Finding yourself and then finding your place within the relationship. Because also, it's a relationship between you and your thoughts. It's a relationship between you and another person. Garnet's a big relationship character. That's a lot of the themes. Um, And just how you can work, be harmonious within yourself and be harmonious with others. And... You know, be harmonious with your thoughts. That's a big one. Here comes a thought. Um, have you guys heard it? No. I wish. We'll listen to it after this, though. Yeah, we're going to listen to it after this because I don't know if we have the rights to actually play samples of it or and then talk about it. I could talk about some of the lyrics, but I don't need to. When you listen to it, you're going to understand. Here comes a thought. And Rebecca Sugar. Listen to other stuff of hers. Uh, if you want to hear her actually sing, she's a pretty good singer herself. Listen to her song, Love Like You. I'm always obsessed with 21 Pilots. Um, so I guess that's not really fair. But <laughs> I just have to say that their lyrics are extremely meaningful. And every single line is carefully planned out, especially on this new album. You know, like Tyler's writing style, the, the lead singer Tyler Joseph, his writing style is very careful and very specific with the meaning and the message. And because of that, because it's so specific, it can be taken the wrong way. Yeah. Um, you know, you can, you can, you know, glance, I guess, at the music and hear a, a lyric and you're like, that is dark. I don't like that. That doesn't, you know, what is he trying to do? Um, but if you listen to the whole thing and hear him out, you know, that music is extremely meaningful and I'm obsessed with it because it's, like life-changing music you know a lot of I mean there's an entire culture and there's a there's a click behind this band and you know their message their goal their entire entire purpose is to save lives with music so that is that's an obsession for me um it's not even necessarily an obsession because at this point it's just kind of part of life (laughs) I feel like you just I just listen to 21 Pilots I wake up every day and I'm thinking about 21 Pilots they're writing your soundtrack yeah they they are they're writing the soundtrack to to my life yeah um but I would say beyond them someone I'm obsessed with I guess um it's a it's like is it a music group LSD LSD is uh Labyrinth uh Sia and Diplo there are three artists that teamed up together and they've made a few tracks so far. And the one song that I really like by them is called Thunderclouds. Um, I actually heard it. It's in, uh, a lot of people might know it from that Samsung commercial for the Note 9. 
Um, oh, yeah. yeah, that's where uh, a lot of people have heard it. I actually found uh, LSD before that song came out. So I heard Genius and Audio, and then once that track dropped, I immediately like listened to it, and it was fucking amazing. He texted, he texted me like the moment he found it and listened to it. He texted me and like, sent me the link to it, and I was like, oh, my yeah, God. So I'm obsessed with that. Um, Bambi by Hippocampus. They... Uh, they're they they're changing their style a little bit. They said they wanted to go into folk more, a little bit more folky, a little bit more serious, a little more serious for sure. Um, I'm getting into music now with like really deep, meaningful lyrics. That's kind of the way that all music is going though. Like the the lyrics are just getting more yeah, and more meaningful. Getting, yeah, we are getting soulful. Well, yeah, I mean, look at I what mean, look at what's going on in the world. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah humans are just getting more and more real with each other and connecting better, and the music is reflecting that. So, it's hard to even be obsessed with any one thing because everything is kind of an obsession as long as it sounds good to me. Yeah. I'll just listen to it until it's it's dull, and then I'll wait, and then it won't be dull again the next time I listen to it. Yeah. So. I don't know, but yeah, Twenty One Pilots, LSD, um, Thunderclouds, definitely check that out. For sure. For sure. Um, they have another song called Genius. It's weird for me. Um, audio, that one's really good. I don't know. Just listen to it. Yeah, I think in the description of this, uh, I'll do something special for this episode. On my website, everything that we reference in here, I'll find links to it, like on YouTube, and I'll post all of the links. You know why I like LSD uh, so much? Under this post. Um, just the way it starts out with her voice. Um and the, the, the environment, like the musical environment, the ambience behind it that they created, you know, all the, all the backing yeah. vocal. Is there backing vocals in that? I can't remember. There probably Yeah, there totally are. And all of them are amazing, especially like the little, I can't emulate Sia's voice in any way, but oh. she does these little like kind of voice cracks. Yes. And they're yes. beautiful. I mean, it's... I, it's, I love an artist you just, sing and they don't... Sing. I can hear that and it, I, I just feel it in my core. It's just mm-hmm. amazing to listen to. They, so. When they show you their breaks. Yeah. yeah it, you really feel you the feel it, yeah. in the soul. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, oh. they're, they're being vulnerable with you. They're saying what they need to say like Jesus. and yeah. it's compelling so yeah. yeah i think my that's um, another thing that's why i love 21 pilots sorry that's why i love 21 pilots so much his voice tyler's voice is is it's um it's, angsty it's extremely emotional he's showing this side that most singers especially back in the day they never showed that side in music and that emotional side of humanity in, in music and now it's really being pushed out there um, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Twenty One Pilots really reflects that in the in the voice, the voicing, um, the, the just the lyrics, everything about that. Is, it just all clicks and works really well together. So any any type of music like where the message and the music, like the sound of the music, meet up very well, I get obsessed immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my my obsession right now has got to be Tash Sultana. Oh yeah, no competition. Her, if you don't know, Tash Sultana, she's getting really popular right now. She's a Australian Maltese guitarist, um, but she does she does looping. Like, there's nothing that she does that's new. Jesus Christ! It's really hot in here. There's nothing that she does like to produce her music that is 
new she's using like you know old old like finger picking methods all of that stuff i mean there's there's physical limitations to what you can do with a guitar but not really (laughs) (laughs) have um, you seen what people have done with it i mean that's true you don't even i mean like some people married alt j sweet (laughs) alt j has a song where they play the the most of the melody with a with a with a roll of tape on his finger that's true (laughs) tarot yeah but Tash Sultana, I mean, if you see her perform, you can see, like, the emotion in her eyes. You can... She, I mean, she loses it. She she goes all out, and she's real with you, 100% real with you. And just, like, the message behind all of her music is... It's extremely deep and, like, personal to her. All of it is speaking out again about her, you know, like, past relationships or difficulties that she's been through. Mental illness. She had to come... The last tour that she was on, she came off of twice. She was on tour for, I think she said, almost four months. She came off of it twice because she just couldn't do it. She just couldn't, like, handle, yeah, like, the anxiety, depression, whatever. Uh, And the last time she came off the tour, she just canceled the rest of it like uh i think a few weeks or maybe a month at the end of the tour she just she couldn't do it anymore and she writes songs about stuff like that that extremely deep extremely emotional stuff and you can see it and like hear it and feel it when she's performing and yeah i've just been listening to a lot of her stuff right now and it's yes any like music where the artist is leveling with you where they're trying to really just um get down to your level like they're not above you they're they're the same as you and they're really communicating what everything is to them yeah i think a lot of artists now especially in this like uh this like indie kind of genre the indie phase yeah this kind of genre golden age if you will yeah <laughs> uh, a lot of them are they're a couple years it'll be gone yeah i hope not man um, <laughs> um yeah a lot of these a lot of these uh these artists are becoming more uh like personable like they just level with the audience they're like yeah. you're down there in the audience i'm up here on stage but we're really we're not different and their music totally reflects that oh, yeah. and like when they're playing concerts especially tash when she's playing concerts she just levels with the audience she's so fucking real like 100 percent of the time yeah at no point does she ever you know even hint at the fact that she's any bit better than anyone else yeah and she is she is yeah she is she's no no she's like i watched her um one of her concerts one of, I, I can't remember what it is it's on youtube uh i'll link it but at one point in the concert she's like before she started playing she's played this like little intro piece and then she stopped and talked to the audience and everything and she's like you know we are here in a place of love you know we're here to listen to this music i don't care what you are gay straight bi black white whatever asian lgbtq plus all the colors all the colors of the rainbow yeah she's like i don't care i just don't want anyone to be an asshole to anyone else because if you do you're gone yeah and nice yeah yeah it's great yeah she's my obsession right now i'm just yeah her music is just beautiful her song i will specifically link i will specifically link blackbird as well yes uh because blackbird is an amazing piece of music (laughs) she got that 12 string finger picking Ooh, yeah 
12 strings are great when you can really play them because they have octaves on yeah. the last three strings. Yeah. And those hammer-ons, you get the the, the paired um, yeah. the paired strings, those hammer-ons are super powerful. Yeah. Who asked this last question? I asked this last question. Mm-hmm. So, Caleb, you get to ask uh, me and Ryan to both say something random for our outro. Guys, would you do the honors of saying something random? No. Would you please, and I mean this, sing something random? Okay, hold on. I ponder of something great. My lungs will fill and then deflate. They fill with fire, exhale desire. I know it's dire my time today. I have these thoughts so often I got to replace that slot with what I once bought because somebody stole my car radio and now I just sit in silence. 7.75, I feel alive, alive, alive. Consequence immaterial, I wake up and eat my cereal and go. Whether to I don't know, bouncing about from to and fro. Singing my little lovely song and on and on and on. Oh. That's how it starts. I'm just I'm just gonna say it um, plainly because saying it plainly can kind of help you see the message. Actually, we don't believe what's on TV because it's what we want to see, and what we want we know we can't believe. We've all learned to kill our dreams. You've been listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. Happy listening and have a nice day.